and, and I'm saying this as an extrovert. I mean, this is hard as an extrovert to not be around people. And I'm, I mean, the, the second I'm given the clearance to give somebody a hug, y'all watch out. I'm giving hugs because that's just the way I am. Um, but it's, it's ultimately worth it. And, um, Thank goodness my kids are stronger than I am because uh, it'd be crazy up in here. What's up, Georgia Bulldogs fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 227 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. So, how's everyone hanging in there? As for the three of us, it had been about a month since we came together to record a podcast episode. So we scheduled a meeting on Zoom, like every other person in the world right now, it seems. And we tried our best to make a show like we always have. We start off this episode by discussing how all of the shutdowns, the fear, and the news of the pandemic have affected us. We share our opinions on what we think needs to be done and could be done. It's pretty heavy and emotional at times. We do also share some thoughts on all of the major sports, and we try to anticipate when they might be back. Of course, no one really knows, and there's a smattering of Georgia football talk towards the end of the show, so you can look forward to that. Originally, I wanted this entire podcast episode to be on our new YouTube channel as well, but with recording on the internet and how it goes sometimes, the strength of our video feed tended to get interrupted. So the entirety of this episode obviously will be able to be heard wherever you listen to your podcast. But the signal strength improved just in time for the buy or sell segment. And so if you want to, you can go watch that on our WSLS podcast YouTube channel. And to do that, you just search WSLS podcast on YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe. We'd appreciate that. All right, let's just jump on into it. Episode 227. Hope you enjoy it. Here's Tony and Will. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I will confess to, uh, um, everyone's doing the best. The, the boys are happy. I, I, you know, I think I, like a lot of people, uh, have, uh, that have been locked in with the, in the house with their children for, uh, for a couple of weeks now, or almost a couple of weeks. Um, I, that sounded like a nightmare to me three weeks ago, but you know, it's fine. I was telling my wife about this before. Uh, we had just said like a month ago about, how um man the boys are growing up so fast and uh william is almost as tall as you are now and it's all just happening so quickly and i just want them to slow down and not get away from me before they're like teenagers and uh then in a very monkey's paw situation uh things slowed down and now they're in the house with us all the time and uh but it's been a joy uh to see uh I I don't know, but I can't speak to everyone else's experience, but I have to say uh, my kids are getting us through this. Uh, their attitude about this has been uh, joyous and helpful in every possible way. Uh, in a way that I frankly, as much as I love my kids and think they're awesome, wasn't sure uh, that they'd be this good. Every time I get terrified or very frustrated or angry, at uh, uh, the people that are like, what? It's fine. It's fine. What? Let's go outside. Um, uh, as, as frustrated as I get with those people, uh, the kids remind me that uh, there is goodness in the world as opposed to the selfishness that you see uh, kind of all around you sometimes. I was about to say, it's interesting. The, I agree, and I have teenagers in the house, um, and it is amazing how, you know, you always worry about your kids and how they're going to react to things. And we, 
you know, we, we're different than other parents and we don't hide the ball on death. We don't hide the ball on bad things. And it has more to do with the fact that, uh, that my wife is not good at keeping things inside her head. Uh, but that works out real well because, my God, the kids are killing it. They're getting up every morning. They're, they're getting started on their work almost without us prompting them. They're going right through their schoolwork. Um, they are blissfully connected with friends via, um, you know, whatever medium it is, they're connected. Um, I mean, uh, you know, Charlie, my son, has not left this house since he got off the bus Friday, whatever that was, Friday three years ago. Um, and he is other than like, you know, dad, remember you said in a couple of weeks, we'd talk about seeing friends and he, he instinctively gets that that's probably not a thing that's going to happen. Um, but you know, they, they're healing it really well. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm also lucky that I get to work with law students and the students have been fantastic. They have been understanding. They're asking about me. I, I could not imagine dealing with the stresses of law school, knowing I had to finish my first year or my third year or my second year for that matter, uh, not just electronically, but we're not having our graduation. And, you know, that is the day in the life of our school year. And the students by and large, I mean, they're rallying, they're doing a reading club, a book club, they're doing a reading thing. Um, but it is stunning to me. You know, if you were to just, if you were to not go on Twitter, which obviously is not something I can do, um, it would be, it, you would be totally heartened by the reaction of people, at least within my circle. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have, there's this bubble uh, that I get to be in. And frankly, you know, Will, I love your neighborhood, but I'm glad I live in the country because there are times where I can send a kid outside. It's like, you need just some time to yourself. Oh, and, yeah. or, or daddy's going outside for a while and it's thundering, daddy. I don't care. Uh, dad, daddy needs some time to himself. Um, and we're really lucky that we have that. Um, you know, we have, we have plenty of toilet paper. We have plenty of milk. We have plenty of bourbon. So life isn't terrible. Yeah. For yeah. me, uh, I, I appreciate both of those stories because I can relate to bits and pieces of both of them. But for me, it's uh, been a little bit more introspective, I guess you could say, because uh, I mean, it was, it was humbling really. Uh, and I know, Will, you don't like that word, but that's the only, only word I can think of because of uh, work. Um, my, my wife who does makeup, and I think I mentioned this in the last one, but yeah, she was had all these weddings planned and all these consults, people coming in and everything. And that spigot turned off quickly. And same for me. I had a bunch of you know video shoots or photo shoots lined up and those went away as well. However, the, the thing that I've always looked at and I guess my dad's always preached to me is uh, I guess owning your own business like I do and you know, many other people, you have to pivot. And you've seen some pivoting in this country. And, and that's kind of what I've done where, uh, you know, I look back and I think, wow, I did a, a video uh, podcast with the UGA Terry College of Business yesterday and it went great. And I edited it and I was like, wow, this is kind of a new concept where I sit here as the director online while everybody else talks. And then they ask me questions like, you know, about the setup or whatever. Um, so it's been enlightening for me uh, as well. As for the kids, uh, Tony, Will, like just like y'all's, um, Jennifer instituted a schedule. 
the very first day last Monday, and they've stuck to it. We've taken afternoon walks around our neighborhood, um, which has been great because when was the last time we took a walk? We've done one for like eight days in a row now. Um, and I, another thing really just personally for me is I've never journaled ever in my life. I kind of always, you know, scoffed at it. Like, why would I write stuff down on a piece of paper? And, uh, really on, uh, March 11th was the first day I just felt compelled because I realized the gravity of that Rudy Gobert, uh, incident and Tom Hanks. We talked about that. Will last time when, when you and I spoke, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like this is real. And this is, it's almost like I understood what was going to happen um, and the shutdowns that were going to happen in Cascade. But, you know, I'm just taking it the best I can. I feel incredibly sympathetic towards the doctors on the front line. It, it, and when you see what's happening in New York, it bothers me to no end. I, I feel like, you know, kind of helpless yet. I'm telling myself and I'm telling my family, we're doing our part by social distancing and isolating as much as we can. And, um, you know, just kind of getting by with every day's a new day. And I just hope and pray that there's good news coming down the road sometime soon. Well, what's interesting is I, you know, I keep telling my kids, they're like, anytime they complain about, oh, we're not going back to school, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, my grandfather fought the Germans in Belgium. Your, your mom's grandfather, you know, was in the army in North Africa, you know, your grandfather flew cargo to Vietnam and things back from Vietnam. Really all we have to do is stay at home. And it's interesting to me how hard that is a concept for some people to get and how quickly the kids have grasped that. Um, you know, and you know, as long as the internet stays going, I think we're fine. Um, but you know, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I, it is, well, I think some of your writing has been enormously, it's been cathartic for me. I have to assume it's enormously cathartic for you, but it's also been really interesting in capturing the thing that I thought uh, a week ago, Friday or two weeks ago, Friday now, when the university said they were going to shut down, um, or I guess Thursday, it's like, this is, this is that moment, right? The, the only other time I can think of, immediately in my life, uh, at least in my adult life was, was nine 11. And you sent us a text asking us kind of like, what this is, this is like what the Cuban missile crisis. And for people, especially that week, uh, when after Rudy Gobert, between Rudy Gobert and things shutting down formally, uh, it, it was like nine 11 for those of us that didn't live in New York, we were kind of waiting for information. Wait, what's next? How are we supposed to process this? And as this goes along, I think I think you are killing it, just nailing nailing it perfectly. Um, you know, capturing the essence of what all this is, and you know, I, I this is what you're doing with your daily or your your daily writing, your nearly daily writings, and and really just sharing stories. It's sustaining, and it's good to know there are other people out there, even though we conceptually know that to know there are other people out there and, and feel the gravity of their stories and frankly know that I have five acres and my kids are healthy. I'm healthy. Uh, we have groceries. I'm not stuck in an apartment in Soho or, um, or in new Orleans or Seattle or, or, or anywhere else. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's great. And it is, 
as much as we complain and hear about people not doing the right thing, there's plenty of people doing the right thing. It might not make a difference because you have to have a critical mass of people doing the right thing. But it does make me feel happy, I guess, to, to know that people are taking this seriously because there are a lot of people taking this seriously. Yeah, there are. And, and, and to me, you know, I feel like uh, uh, I feel like most people are taking this seriously. And um, the question is whether most is enough. <laughs> That's right. probably the best right. way to put it. And uh, I think there is a level of frustration, uh, I will confess. Thank you for the, the nice words about the newsletter. Because I think that uh, um, what I'm trying to, for those of you that don't know, uh, I'm in my newsletter. I'm actually just having people from all across, frankly, the world. We had someone from Ethiopia. <laughs> we had someone. Uh, uh, we've had people from all across the world kind of tell their stories a little bit because uh, this feels like a defining moment. As I kind of said when I talked to you, Scott, uh, last time, this is one of those things that um, uh, you know. I think someone noted today that all the kids from this are going to be. Uh, uh, generation C or generation CV. Huh. And uh, I think this, that's true. And I think yeah. that this is going to be a thing because, and, but I, I think the problem is um, not enough people recognize that or people think that uh, uh, because it hasn't hit there yet. And I think the thing that's, that's interesting to me as someone that was in New York on nine 11 is, you know, right now it's not like nine 11 for me because I'm in Athens, but it is coming. And I think that's the thing is, you know, one of the big fears about 9-11 was that more stuff was coming. To me, that's really what the next six, nine, 12, 18 months were like, was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, and that anxiety about it, when's it coming? When's it coming? When, I don't know when this is going to happen. Uh, the anthrax thing happened shortly after that. Uh, the thing about this is that it is coming. <laughs> and I think this is what is really frustrating is uh, there was a great piece by uh, Tom Skoka in Slate, uh, basically making the argument that this is, in fact, uh, the slow-moving 9-11 for the entire country, which is to say – that it's it, the 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 this is like nine eleven except it's slower and dumber, which is to say the equivalent is if uh, rather than get that memo on August that said uh, Bin Laden Bin Laden determined to strike inside the United States, uh, the memo says uh, uh, Bin Laden landing putting two planes into a in, into the World Trade Center, one plane into uh, into the Pentagon, and one plane is going to try to go to the White House, and then the and the media follows Ada into Logan airport, but then loses them once it gets in there. Like this is coming. And I hear from, and I'm not trying to be alarmist about this. And I, and I know you guys are all doing the right thing, but I really can't emphasize this enough to everybody listening that like, this is coming. And it's so frustrating to hear, to see people that are like that. And, and Tony, I know you're saying this only from an empathetic aspect, uh, but like, New York is Atlanta in like five days and, 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 and the stuff we're doing now is going to help us in two or three weeks, but we're not going to know it until then. And so when you hear from people being like, this is, I'm getting antsy. We got to get the economy going. We got the economy going. Like that is exactly how you kill the economy. Like that's how it happens. And, and so as someone who has a mother who is 60, 
<clears throat> years old and she would murder me if I actually mm-hmm. said how old that she was. Um, and uh, But is a nurse, a retired nurse, and she is already gearing up to get to roll up her sleeves. She retired to Winterville to be with her grandkids, but she also has a duty and an obligation because she also can see what's coming. And so uh, to see people, uh, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be uh, 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 such a so insistent about this, but um, it is uh, upsetting to see that like I got friends, I have friends. I literally know people who were at my wedding that are close to me who have the virus. Like it is not a fake thing. And so to hear uh, uh, how people not taking it seriously or to hear the Clyde Armory dipshit uh, trying to su- use up uh, 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 city and county resources because he, uh, he wants to make some sort of dumb Second Amendment stand. Uh, they, they don't get it. And, and I cannot emphasize this enough. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, this is a fun Georgia podcast, and we're going to get into Georgia football stuff, and I'm sorry. But, like, I cannot believe how people are not taking this seriously. And, and it's just because I know there's something psychological about the idea that, that um, it's happening over there, and it's going to be different here, and we're all a little separated here. It's not. It's just not. And... And the quicker people realize that, the quicker we can make it go away. And I can get Georgia football back. <laughs> and I can get baseball back. And I can get these things. And I think that the impatience that you're seeing is, and regardless of whatever, whether you think I'm being crazy right now, it is pushing Georgia football farther away. It is making it less likely that it's going to happen. And even if that's all you care about, even if, even if that's if you don't care about politics or you think that like I haven't seen it, what's the big deal? This is a New York thing, and so on. Even if even if everyone's being overblown about this, the idea that this isn't getting contained is pushing fo- football away. It's pushing baseball away. It's pushing life away. It's pushing your kids going back to school away. And so, uh, sorry, I apologize for being uh, as insistent on this as I am, but uh, I cannot believe. Uh, the number of people that uh, seem to think that we're going to get through this in like a couple of weeks and then it's going to be fine and everyone else is making too big of a deal out of it. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of research to realize how obviously wrong that is. So uh, um, I want Georgia football to come back very badly. I miss it. I miss everything. I That video that the football that the, that the athletic program made got me fired up and i was like yeah let's go let's do it but that can't happen until people start taking it seriously and you guys can you guys have like you guys have seen it we've all seen it people aren't taking it seriously and uh it's gonna make this a lot worse sorry it's not a new york thing it's an albany thing it's a cartersville thing it's a gainesville thing i mean it's an athens thing um and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you know, it is, it literally is the least you can do. Um, it's so easy. Like, it's so easy. Like we have lived, we live in the specific time in human history where being at home is awesome. We can do is. everything. We can watch all these things. I'm watching a video game right now. I'm, we can do whatever we want. Now it's amazing to me that we're getting this antsy and this impatient when we actually have all these. And I get it. 
I understand small businesses are suffering. I have friends who have small businesses that are suffering. It's hard. It's a very difficult time. The only way to get these things back is to fix this first. Then you can bring those back. And this won't be fixed first until we're through it. And that's the part that people are missing. You just, you aren't through it simply by wish casting and you aren't through it by simply saying, ah, we stayed home two weeks. We've done our part because you've done your part for two weeks. It's not a heavy lift. It's a hard on the businesses. God, Scott, I couldn't imagine running a small business right now. I feel for you, man. (laughs) Um, But you know, the reality is it's like if if we go into a prolonged state where the healthcare system is breaking down and everyone's getting sick, you know, shelter, you don't have to tell people shelter in place. We just have to because there'll be nobody go out out on the streets. There'll be no customers for any small businesses, right? <laughs> and, and 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 Scott, I actually I want to ask you about because I want to ask you how you are hanging because you know my wife, uh, uh, she's she is also a small business owner and she's she's been able to keep a lot of her projects at least uh, afloat. Uh, during this time, but I think a lot of it was is with the idea that we're going to have to get through this and get through so on. I'm I work for Major League Baseball. There is no Major League Baseball right now, so we're all kind of like dealing with it. Scott, how are you hanging on this? Do you? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of small business owners like you listening uh, to this. Like, how are you hanging in? What adjustments are you made? If you don't mind me asking, how how do you generally kind of feel? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, to be fair, back on the 11th or even the days before, you kind of could sense something coming. And I was like many people where I was thinking, yeah, two weeks will be good. I, I can hang out for two weeks. And then, it, like I said in my initial statement, it became crystal clear over the weekend. And as this week started, this is going to last a whole lot longer than even I anticipated. And uh, and also, you know, most of my business is uh, filming homes or doing corporate videos and where I have to be right there. I'm actually miking up the person I'm speaking with. I'm putting the mic on their lapel. Not to mention my wife is doing makeup by putting makeup on someone's face and getting right in their personal space, which she never used to think anything about that in the past. But I feel blessed that I'm digitally creative and I feel blessed that uh, I've got a lot of skills online that I have a feeling obviously things are moving online, especially when it comes to communicating uh, and live streaming. I'll give an example of what I did today. Two out of three of my kids are taking this great. The boys are taking it great. You know, they're, they're playing hoops. They're jumping on the trampoline. The bros. I shot a trick shot video yesterday. Um, But my daughter, uh, she's very sensitive. She cried over, uh, over Christmas because of, you know, she saw a homeless man and she said, nobody deserves to be homeless. You know, that's kind of the, She's very compassionate. And, um, she's, she's, a, she's not wrong. No, yeah, I know. No, I'm totally just kind of right. giving you... Yeah. Uh, All uh, of us are the assholes for yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, so what I did today was I, she, she was upset last night and uh, she hadn't seen her friends. And so I scheduled a Zoom meeting with her, with two of her good friends. And I told Vivian, I was like, look, I want you to draw... Uh, a piece of art. I want you to draw some art that represents your two friends. And I had Jennifer text the two little girls' moms to do the same. They sent it to me. And because of the software that I've learned because of this shutdown, I was able to load the image onto and mirror it on the screen 
so the girls could each pull up their pieces of art and talk about it, which was mind-blowing to them. And they sat and talked for 45 minutes. I left the room. They had a great time. And so that's kind of how I'm, I'm kind of planning for the future because you know, this is going to alter our lives and how we interact with people. It's also going to alter business, how, how business is done after this. And so I'm just staying positive by saying, you know what? While you're in quarantine or self-isolation, learn that extra Photoshop trick. Learn that extra editing trick. Yeah, you know, money's going to be hard to come by after a month or something like that. But, you know, I've got a couple jobs lined up and I'm trying to market myself as that guy that can help businesses come together, uh, you know, and be able to stay in touch with their customers or their clients or something by using this, these skills that I have. And so uh, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty confident in, in, you know, what I can do. But yet there's always that self-doubt that creeps in, just like any normal American, any normal person in this world. We're all, we're all in this together. Like, I don't care if you live in Sweden or in, in China or here in Athens, Georgia or New York. We're all experiencing this thing together. That's what's so hard for me to just fit inside my head. I wake up every morning and you have that moment of clarity like, you don't really know what's going on and then it hits you and you're like, Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, So, I mean, it's just, it's different, but we'll get through it. I couldn't help but notice. I've tweeted this. I couldn't help but notice that I'm drinking more than I usually do. I I can't, I can't, I can't speak to the rest of you. Uh, but, uh, uh, let's just say that maker's mark that was left here. Yeah. It's gone. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Everyone's trying to, you do the best you can, but, uh, yeah, I finally had a night the other night where I had no, sips of alcohol and I slept like I'd been shot with an elephant tranquilizer. <laughs> it was, we're yeah, all, I, I, I mean, I think the COVID-15 is going to be real. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's probably the most normal thing I have done is, and anybody that knows me is going to like, nah, bullshit is, uh, you should write that down, time down sky. Um, is, um, I've maintained working out. Uh, we're fortunate that we go to a place where, um, we have very few people and enough room that we're able to, to spread out and not uh, contaminate. Uh, we're very careful about wiping everything down, uh, both before and after. Uh, and I hope that doesn't change because I never thought I'd say this, but if I had to stop doing that, that would probably be the one thing that would send me over the edge because that's the one normal thing I still do. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working from home. I'm still meeting with students. Thanks to Zoom, um, uh, you know, and I, I still have students that need jobs. I still have students that are taking the bar exam in July if we have a bar exam, which, by the way, I, we're going to have a bar exam. I've talked to, to the bar authorities. They're, they're committed to licensing uh, new attorneys uh, in some shape, uh, way, form, or fashion. Uh, I can't speak for the Georgia Board of Bar Examiners. I'm just saying that that has been uh, reiterated to me. Um, but you know, when, when you sit down and, and think about of all the things that are different, I'm trying out new things. I made fried rice tonight. I've never made fried rice before. Um, it's something I've always wanted to try. It's just something I've never taken the time to do. Uh, I mean, if you look at me, you know I can cook. You don't get a body like this without cooking. But you also have to take the time to appreciate this because I'm also cognizant that uh, like I have a freshman in high school. I have an eighth grader. I have a sixth grader. Um, you know, we will come out of this on another side and no matter how it alters what our day-to-day life is or what our life looks like going forward, um, 
for, from now on, um, we'll always talk about 2020 and that time we had together and how interesting it was. And in a lot of the same ways that I hear my, um, I, I heard my parents, uh, my, my dad's siblings talk about, you know, the time right after the war and, and being in World War II. And, and, and for that matter, my grandparents talk about the Great Depression. I mean, it, I think it's going to end up being that monumental in American life. Um, and, and again, if that means I have to stay home and drink bourbon, mm-hmm. I, it seems, and, and I'm saying this an extrovert. I mean, this is hard as an extrovert to not be around people. And I'm, I mean, the, the second I'm given the clearance to give somebody a hug, y'all watch out. I'm giving hugs because that's just the way I am. Um, but it's, it's ultimately worth it. And um, thank goodness my kids are stronger than I am because uh, it'd be crazy up in here. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have to say, I, uh, I want to have, let's talk about that. Should we talk, Scott, should we talk about sports a little bit? I feel like we should talk sports I think that'd be cool. I mean, just even a little bit, because here's the thing. Nobody listening to this is going to be like, oh, we're, you know, you didn't talk about sports. We, we, we needed to get that off our chest because you, guess what? We haven't talked since all this went down. So I think that was cathartic for me. I think it was for you. And maybe our listeners found it cathartic too, but absolutely. Let's talk some sports. Okay. You're in deep. Why don't you start off like some of the things you've been hearing? Because frankly, I haven't been watching that much ESPN. <laughs> I got tired of the Brady talk. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. God. Yeah. The, I will say the Brady Brady was a brief like uh, stimulus package into the sports <laughs> talk radio world. Uh, everyone got that out of their system for a little bit. I actually kind of love you know I criticize the NFL all the time, and uh, but I will say that like I kind of love that the NFL. Is just pretending like everything is fine, and it's just a normal off season, a normal free agent season. It's been kind of comforting and relieving that the NFL is still pretending that everything is is, is fine. Um, I wrote a piece for New York Magazine this week, kind of looking at what uh, uh, each sport is looking at uh, moving forward on when they're going to be able to get back and. Sorry, I hate to go back to this again, but so much of this is dependent on whether we can get our arms around this now. Uh, I will say this. If you are one of the people that believes, hey, uh, let's just let it run its course and get its way through here, and then we can get back to normal, I assume you're not a sports fan because uh, that, uh, th- even if you think that's going to work, uh, and I don't, but even if you think it's going to work, it's going to mess up sports for a long time because there is no way that uh, if you let it kind of run unchecked for a long period of time, that sports is sport. That's uh, I think one of the things that you've seen is uh, a lot of sports leagues have to make their own decisions uh, because of a uh, lack of clear directive uh, from the top. Uh, they've had to kind of make their own decisions. And so therefore it's why you've seen a lot of inconsistency and you've seen not just in sports in kind of all uh, facets of kind of American economic and corporate life. There's a lot of inconsistency. Everyone has to figure it out on their own. Um, And so you've seen, for example, the NFL say, yeah, things are normal. We're doing fine. We're just going to assume that this is all going to be fine by July. Now, part of that is because the NFL is of course, they can keep their kind of fiscal year going and, and go ahead and get started in September as they hope. But also it's because the NFL and they think that like not even a 
pandemic can mess with the NFL, was you're seeing like the NBA really, and I think part of it is because the NBA was very early on in this process. They were very affected by it. Rudy, you talked to Scott about how Rudy Gobert, that, that 15 minute stretch of, uh, of the president's um, unsettling address uh, mm-hmm. followed by Rudy Gobert followed by Tom Hanks was definitely the moment where everyone went like, Oh wow, this is going to change our lives a lot. And I think we've all kind of felt that that's two weeks ago tonight, by the way. Oh, wow. Two weeks ago tonight that that happened. Um, Forever. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I mean, I think March 11th uh, is going to be a day that uh, we're going to talk about for a long time, because I feel like that was, that was the night where Americans started taking this really seriously. Not everyone, but um, uh, most Americans uh, started taking it really, really seriously. So because of that, I think that in a lot of ways, the NBA and a lot of sports leagues are actually ahead of a lot of other businesses. Um, basically, every sports commissioner has had to be like a governor and had to uh, weigh their personal responsibility about not spreading it against any sort of executive edicts one way or the other. And so um, the bad news, that's the good news. The bad news is uh, all the time that these leagues have been shut off so far haven't, hasn't actually done anything. Like even maybe it's helped not spread the virus and maybe it hasn't, but it's not like you get credit for time served. Like it's not like in July, like, oh, well, we shut down for two weeks in March. So we get that time back now. Right. Like sports is very much on a cyclical system and very much on the idea that like you have every sport has its own deadline that it has to be wrapped up by. And I think that if you are of the belief that the NFL and college football are immune to this because uh, they are later. Uh, I think that's incorrect. And never minding just the actual things that have already changed, no spring practice, no recruiting. Uh, in addition to that, just the idea of if this – what time would football training camp get going? July, late July, early August? we going to be okay by then? Um, uh, if we're not, then it is affecting that. So uh, I think already you're seeing Jason Stark and Ken Rosenthal for uh, The Athletic wrote a really good baseball piece today, almost accepting the idea that not only is baseball going to get a not get a 162-game season, uh, it may have to be almost like a gimmick year, and everyone just kind of accepts that it's a gimmick mm-hmm. year. Like it's a, they play half a season at best, or they play a third of a season and then do some complicated – uh, tournament or some complicated playoff sort of thing. Um, I think that the realism, I, I think if you are looking for what this is actually going to look like, as opposed to what um, uh, the most optimistic and or desperate people are trying to make it look like, look to what the sports leagues commissioners are doing. Uh, they're shutting stuff down in the short term and they're making plans for there to be no semblance of normalcy in sports really for a considerable period of time. And that makes me unhappy to say that because I really, really, really miss sports. I watched the cherry pit. Oh, I watched that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was deeply uh, uh, touched by the axe throwers. They had the best sportsmanship. I loved the axe throwers. Um, So, but I'm desperate for sports too. 
but uh, it's gonna be a while. And uh, and it, even if you think things are gonna go back to normal, life wise, sports wise is gonna because they're corporations because they involve the gatherings of a lot of people. They're gonna be slower on the uptake on everything just to be cautious. So uh, it, it's gonna be a while. You know, I was reading an article. I think it was on Dog Nation. But there was a sentence at the end of it that kind of made me stop. It said something like Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, they'll be fine. But will they have enough opponents to play? You know, because if you think if you're not a big state school, uh, there could be some attrition that way. And I I was like, that was like right after I'd read your article, How Screwed is Your Favorite Sports Season? Um. And that was actually something I was going to put in the buy or sell at the end. But since we were kind of talking about that, I kind of wanted to ask you, Will, because you wrote a great piece on that. And I really liked you. And and this is where when you're reading those articles, kind of those pro forma, what if articles, because that's all we have right now. When you brought up the whole NBA where all the teams have a chance and you were talking about how even the Knicks or maybe the Hawks would have a chance it allows you a little bit of escapism to think like, wow, how would they work that? How much fun would that be to watch? Yeah, that, that, that's from a piece by John Hollinger in The Athletic where he basically posits the idea that the only way to salvage the NBA season is actually to have like a full-on NCAA-esque tournament. Now, and which everyone would get to involve, though to be fair, the Knicks or my team or the Hawks, your team, would have to go would have to jump through a million hoops just to even get the opportunity to look at the Lakers. But the point is is it would be uh, the the constructs of a traditional season uh, when it comes to basketball or the NHL uh, or even maybe baseball we don't know yet. Hopefully baseball can hold this off. Um, but certainly the MLS, for example, a lot of the stuff it's just not going to look like a regular year. And the earlier that we accept that it's just not going to look like a regular year and be like, Oh, why? Okay. You know what? It's weird. This is the weird year. This is the year where baseball had a weird 30 team tournament and the team that won, maybe we don't consider them actual world series champions, but we give them something. And baseball is a bad example. I think baseball still has time. But if you're the NBA at some point, you got to call it. Uh, Look at the, the example of this is the Chinese basketball league. Chinese basketball league has, push pause in their season when this outbreak went out. Um, and of course, China has been at the forefront of this across the board and frankly is doing a much better job in large part because they have an authoritarian government, uh, but a much better job of containing this than the United States appears to be. Uh, they are still looking at a four month layoff from the, from their professional basketball team. Uh, if you look at a four month, uh, that's, and that's honestly, I would consider that the best case for the NBA would be four months and it's been by the way two weeks <laughs> so um uh i think that uh uh if you look at what china's got going on uh i mean they're just not and it's not about getting over this hump it's about getting over the next hump and uh so yeah it's gonna be i still think the nba could do it i still think they could get to where they just have playoffs and they just pause the season and just run a playoff run but i think it's time to accept 
that uh, there is no regular sports season happening out of this. It's always going to be a massive asterisk season, perhaps in the shape of the COVID-19 little circle with the little, the little <laughs> actual germ. The little spikes uh, on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always going to it's always gonna have that sort of asterisk because you're not getting a normal NBA season. You're not getting a normal NHL season. Obviously, you're not getting a normal college basketball season. They've already canceled it. The question is, whether you get a normal baseball season or whether you get a normal NFL or college football season. And I would argue all of those things are very much in the up to the air right now. You know, one of the things, one of the last social things I did is I met our friend Matthew Leach uh, that Friday the 13th in the afternoon. He sent me a text that, hey, let's uh, grab a beer if you want to, because it might be the last social thing we get to do. And uh, he and I talked about the MLB baseball season. Um, you know, this is two days after Rudy Gobert. This is literally the day before um, baseball sent everybody home. Um, and he said, you know, if you ask me over under on June 1st, even people showing up to throw the ball, he said, I'd still take the over. Um, and, and we discussed that very thing. It's like, will the season look like some of the rookie league seasons where they play two 60-game seasons and send – you know, do some sort of round-robin playoff. Um, but the bigger point, Scott, and you bring up a good point, is that the NCAA has already taken a huge hit in canceling the basketball tournament, uh, and we could do a whole podcast on them having $250 million of cancellation insurance mm-hmm. on a $900 million enterprise. But where that really hits are uh, low majors, mid-majors with football programs who by and large fund their um, a lot of their athletics with their conferences draws out of the NCAA basketball tournament. And I'm thinking like Conference USA, except for maybe UCF and Memphis and Houston. Um, you know, where, where that's going to hit is how they operate uh, long-term when you combine the hits athletic departments take with also also the the likely tax hits, the tax revenue hits that those organizations can hit, and compound that with the lower um, the lower donations that are likely to come in. Uh, we haven't even talked about Georgia football, um, other than just mention and passing. But it's not hard to see, especially if we do some sort of truncated season this year or no season to see where it's easy to get back in line um, where people's like, I'm just, uh, you know, I, this is the thing that, that this is the straw that brought the camel's back. I'm not paying any more to go over there and be treated like a, a third class citizen because I only donate, I only donate a thousand dollars a year. Um, and that's not, that's not a, a it literally it's not damnation of how UGA operates. It's just, it's just a, an observation of the practicalities of the situation. And, you know, it is, it, it's kind of a shame uh, because of MLS and the traction they have gained, frankly, the XFL, the traction they have gained this year. Um, I mean, my God, I watched, I watched iRacing on Sunday. And I haven't watched NASCAR, a full race in NASCAR in five years. But I watched a lot most of the iRacing just because it was engaging. It was funny. They were talking to the drivers as they were going. Um, and like you, I watched the cherry spit, uh, the cherry, uh, pit spit, cherry pit spitting, right. cherry pit spitting, um, 
I didn't watch Kobayashi dust uh, Joey Chestnut in the crystal eating contest because crystals are being enjoyed. But, um, you know, the, the, the reality is, it's like, at, at this point, um, Willie, it's not a hard, and, and Scott, I mean, you can pine, and pine on this too, pine on this too. It's not hard to see the entire landscape of what sports are shifting from a, spec, a spectator to uh, the truly, the truly, the model has been predicted for a number of years. It's like spectators are just extras in the, the show now. Um, well, I was going to say, um, you bring up an interesting point because UGA uh, ticket, not donations, but just to pay for the actual tickets. We made our donations in February and the tickets, the, the cost is due. It was due March 31st. They sent out a notice that they were extending that to April 6th. But I mean, with the financial crunch that everybody's under, I don't have, or I mean, I have, but I don't really want to spend all that money on tickets that might not happen and basically give them a five month loan before they return my money to me. Yeah, um, there, there, There's a lot of float happening there. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's maybe they'll like send it more, more. Uh, that would be really convenient for uh, us fans out there that, that are hoping for the best. But you know, right now there's so much uncertainty um, with it. You know, one other question I have for both of y'all is, I haven't heard it Trump trumpeted too much lately, but in the past, people were saying that, you know, college football, like Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, you know, really all of the SEC, maybe get rid of Vanderbilt, South Carolina, but should go into like a 32 mega conference, a 32 team mega conference or a 16 team mega conference, maybe have 64 uh, FBS schools or 1A schools, whatever you want to call it. And then everybody else kind of plays in a separate league. I wonder if that could kind of be a self-starter for that as well. I mean, the interesting part of that is some of that is is kind of naturally slated to happen with the renegotiation of TV contracts. Um, you know, the SEC has recently engaged in that, and you know, we've ended up with the ESPN thing that's going to happen. But um, and it, probably where you'll see that happen will be when the next BCS contract comes up. Um, but it's it's a good point, especially if you have some dare I say contraction in D one football um, you, you could see that. And I'm like, it's not hard to see some sort of 64 team, you know, super whatever, where you basically take, you basically have four ish conferences in Notre Dame. And uh, in, in, uh, yeah, we could definitely spend a lot of time talking about Notre Dame in this, but it's you also considering the, the cachet they have, the fact they have their own contract with an entire network, you just can't write them out because of the money. Um, but it would be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting. Not will be. We're not talking hypotheticals anymore. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, the fallout of the loss of revenue from NCAA basketball, and if this this persists into football, I mean, you're talking real money when you start talking about conference championship games and bowl games and the playoffs all going away in an entire season of football, just going away. Right. You're talking, you're talking real stuff. Uh, and you're talking about, you know, losing the NCAA, NCAA basketball tournament is a big deal for, um, for a lot of, of smaller conferences and smaller schools, but it gets real for 
the big boy programs and the big boy conferences when you start tampering with football. And if it doesn't happen, um, Scott, it's not hard to see that. This could be bad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be alarmist about this, but like imagine when we think about how much ESPN pays the NCAA or pays the college football player forever for three games a year. <laughs> and and uh, when they're, when they're paying, playing for the college football playoff, now add that across the board. The whole, the, and you know one of the things that someone that works in sports professionally is uh, there the bubble that sports uh, the sports economy has kind of ridden on has all been based around this idea that television, your television, like cable networks, cable bundlers, your Comcast, your Time Warner, your Xfinity, whatever they are, um, all of those places are really not how people experience entertainment anymore. They they stream things, they watch things on their own time. Uh, the the idea of cord cutting has become a really big thing in the last few years. But the thing that's really kept it alive has been sports, and that you can't DVR sports, you can't watch sports whenever you want to, um, and so therefore. These networks have, and these CBS and NBC and ESPN, all these places, have paid so much money to the leagues specifically because their whole business plan relies on people actually watching their networks in real time, and they can't get them to do that unless it's sports because they can watch whatever they want any other pro, any other uh, sort of program. Now they're maybe losing a full year of that programming that they paid literally billions of dollars to program. Um, they have not, so far, no networks have freaked out about this too much. CBS, I'm sure, behind the scenes has figured out something with NCAA. But, like, to me, the big worry is when it touches the NFL. Uh, college football is worth a lot of money to ESPN, obviously, and college basketball is worth a lot of money to CBS, and the NBA is worth a lot of money to ESPN, and baseball has got its own network and all of the things with that the whole financial structure of not only sports, but like television (laughs) is in large part funded by the NFL. And if the NFL starts losing games, then you have your sports depression. Then you have, then things get bad. And never minding the fact that like, as has been pointed out before, uh, I think in like, what is it like 40 of the 50 States or even more, the highest paid state employee is a football coach or a basketball coach. So usually a football coach Uh, when that happens and all of a sudden people don't have money to, uh, to keep their economies running in their States or to pay state employees or to fund hospitals. uh, You start looking real close on what those uh, football coaches are being paid at public universities. So this is a disorienting event and a destabilizing event uh, across every industry. And, um, and I think pretending otherwise is um, uh, wishful thinking in the same way that thinking we're all going to be back to normal by Easter. I would love it if all of those things were true because I really like all of these things and want them to continue. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be uh, – a lot of things are going to get restructured across the board. 
Well, um, Tony, I was wondering if you've had your ear to the Georgia football program. Um, I know that I've seen uh, Scott Strick, not Scott Strickland, Scott, Scott Sinclair. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Scott Stricklands out there in college football, but our, our Georgia's own Scott Sinclair, he's been on Twitter doing home workouts uh, for people. Um, and I'll go ahead and mention Twitter by far during this whole thing. It, it's It's been a joy. For me, I know there's a lot of bad stuff, but I kind of filter through it and I find the Bernie dogs out there. I find the Jim Woods. I find the Tonys, even Will with his articles that he's like. Don't say even Will. Well, no, no. Say also Will. Also Will <laughs> with the articles because when, when I saw the, the headline, how screwed. Yeah, he mentioned your, hey, mentioned your byline. That's, a, that's, that's a good. One. I'll take it. Yeah. Take it. Well, when I saw Will's link where it said, how screwed is your favorite sports season? I was sitting there thinking, like, this was meant for me. It was almost like it was retargeted for me because I was talking about that the day before to my dad. Um, So, you know, Tony, I'll get back to my original question. Scott Sinclair has been posting uh, workouts online. I've even seen posts by the Georgia football team, uh, individual players like uh, uh, Monty Rice and um, Eric Stokes doing individual workouts, even Prather Hudson. I guess he's not transferring anymore because he was uh, tweeting back to Sinclair. Tony, what have you seen uh, or heard or read uh, recently when it, like talking real Georgia football, hoping all of this is normal by uh, September? Well, for better or worse, I pay more attention to recruiting because that's the only thing that you can almost pay attention to. That's the only football thing happening. Um, you know, it, this, if there's ever going to be a year where there's an upstart, just suddenly come out of nowhere and do something interesting recruiting wise, this is it, right? Because, you know, the coaches are, um, forbidden from recruiting, uh, at least in person recruiting. Um, but you know, Georgia seems to be holding their own. I, you know, God, it almost feels like I'm about to lapse into some sort of weird, in a way being March, I guess I get to talk about this, you know, off season conditioning and team culture and leadership and all that stuff. Um, It's uh, we're going to see how much, how real that is with the coaches not being able really to talk with them other than via direct message and through the strength and conditioning program. I will say that uh, I have a work colleague that lives next door to, uh, to, to Sinclair. And um, so we, uh, she and I were talking about just work stuff and she's like, I got to tell you, she said, it's not good for Scott Sinclair to sit around the house. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, he literally had his kids in a wheelbarrow doing laps around our neighborhood with his kids in the wheelbarrow. And it's like, I gotta be honest, that makes me feel good. Right. It makes me feel like things are real and, and life goes on if that's actually what he's doing. Um, because it also feels like a, uh, a workout he would tell his players to do. He'd be like, you know, Monty, go out there and load up some kids in a wheelbarrow and do a couple laps around the neighborhood at sprint speed. Um, you know, help, it'll help your, help your fast twitch. Um, you know, next, next year when Kyle Trask thinks he's winning the Heisman, he's able, you're able to go out there and show him he's not Heisman material. Um, uh, yeah, even even during a pandemic, I, I'm coming up with some Florida slight. But, um, guys, I'm still alive. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the other part of football uh, and, and Georgia football is that 
this going to sound, um, I don't mean for it to sound self-serving. This also feels like a year Georgia would come out and do great. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. This is Scott. Uh, Will earlier, you're talking about the, the COVID year or whatever. Uh, again, don't think I'm not going to where's the championship this year. It's it's in uh, Pasadena, maybe. Um, no, it's in, uh, it's in, um, Miami, isn't it? Miami. Oh Lord. Well, I will, I will be, I will see the sunrise on South beach. Is that a thing <laughs> in Miami? Um, either way, even if we don't play before games and Georgia's in the national championship game and wins it, I'm, I'm still all in. <laughs> that would be um, very on brand for Georgia to have like a short four game season and then win it. This see, is that, the, and that's, a, yeah. that's exactly what and that's exactly what I was saying, Scott. It's like it does seem like okay, in that way it gives just enough for people like, oh, 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 oh it's 2020. <laughs> and I'm like, look at the scoreboard, nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, isn't this the great joke about '95, right? Like with the with the Braves, is that the one year yeah. that they yeah. won the championship was the year that nobody gave a shit about baseball at all? Uh, <laughs> and, me, I <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's the thing, right, is, you know, I've, I've, I did a thing with Mike Petriello on MLB.com this week where we picked our, our uh, we because we're a, bit, we're a baseball website that's desperate for baseball content. So we, uh, we drafted uh, our favorite, the teams that we thought were the best of all the World Series teams since the Wild, the Wild Card era, which starts in 95. And the Braves were picked later than they should have been. I think people forget just how incredible Maddox was that year. Maddox was unreal. And Glavin. Glavin was Yeah, but Maddox was insane. Oh, no, I, know, but, I mean, yeah. No, you're yeah. right. Maddox was crazy. I mean, Glavin was probably the – Yeah. Maddox he was the third, He was the third best starter in the league that year. And was yeah. The, yeah, but, yeah, Maddox was just out of control that year. But what's funny is that, like, no one remembers that. No one remembers that as the peak year because, again – that was the year where people weren't paying that much attention to baseball. And as mentioned many times in this podcast, it's also the same day that the, the job and fitting on them that uh, Sanford happened. I'm fortunate in that I lived in Maryland at the time and I was not at that game. I was, I can, I have very vivid memories of, I mean, the entire scene of my living room in the townhouse in Solomon's Island, Maryland, of watching that game and the ebullient joy of, of, the Braves winning a World Series, um, and I mean, that's not a terrible. It's not a terrible segue to one of the reasons why we're doing a podcast on March uh, 99th or whatever it is. Um, you know, that's exactly the thing we're hoping for. Whenever it is and wh- whatever happens, it's just because sports can give us that. Um, you know, uh, there's been, I mean, there was a 30 for 30 of the first ball game back at Yankee Stadium after September 11th. It's not hard to imagine whenever sports comes back, it being almost like that in a way, uh, whether that's baseball or basketball or football or, um, you know, next basketball season or whatever. It's not hard to see it being that way. Um, whether it's, it's, it's hailed that way or not, it's a different question whether or not it'll feel that way. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, I just – this is what I mean is I feel like we can still have football seasons and we can still have all these things. They just might be different than what we are used to, which is okay because hopefully in a year they will be back to normal again. 
but I, I, you know, again, I think that a, a large part of the irrationality uh, about this event has been this desperate urge to get back to normal. And uh, I think after something like this, particularly with the way it's currently being handled, uh, normal, uh, whenever we get back to it, is going to look different. Well, do y'all want to get into some buy or sell? Yes. I did come up with that. And by the way... Uh, it sounds like I'm going to sell everything, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to buy. By the way, uh, we don't usually do a tweet of the day, but there was a tweet that I saw yesterday that I immediately liked like 10,000 times. A guy, a guy by the name of Dave Jorgensen. I don't know how it came across my timeline, but he said, and I'll put it as for today. Today's Wednesday, right? He says, it's Wednesday, or as we <laughs> call it now, Day. Day, just day. It's day. <laughs> so that was the tweet that I liked uh, last night. So we'll get into some buy or sell. Will and Tony, buy or sell charcoal grills. I had a hard time last night with my big green egg. I tweeted about it and I got a lot of sympathetic replies. Uh, nobody made fun of me because I talked about how much of a novice I was and how much I preferred propane over charcoal. However, it, the birds, the chicken did turn out pretty good, and the kids and the wife, they complimented my cooking skills. So I guess it all uh, panned out. But uh, buy or sell charcoal grills? Buy. I mean, yeah, buy. Absolutely. I like, I like charcoal. I, mean, I don't get to use them as much as I would like to, um, but absolutely buy. Yeah. Always right. a preference. Yes. Um, all right, Tony, this might be more for you. I don't know if Will has uh, watched this. I haven't, except I caught the last little bit last night as my wife is obsessed with this. Uh, there's a Netflix show called Tiger King and Joe Exotic. Have you seen that in either one of you? No. I've heard, I'm aware that everyone is currently talking about this show. It oh, is. I'm aware of it in the same yeah. way I was for like Birdcage was, but <laughs> not, yeah. not Birdcage. What was the show with Sandra Bullock? Bird Box. It was Bird, Bird Box. Yeah. I was, I was really, if Julie, if Julian Epinosa had been in Bird Box, I'd been very nervous. I definitely feel like all, and I wrote about this in my newsletter today, all of the people that are watching all of this Netflix stuff right now, like, uh, I like clearly, like, I don't know how they're doing it because uh, it is weird. Cause yes, I am home more often than I usually am. And I'm, I work at a home, so I'm more home more than I am ordinarily, but whew, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't know where, how all of a sudden, no having my children in my house all day was supposed to make it easier for me to watch Netflix shows. But apparently uh, uh, for many people, that's. I mean, you, you, you're going to pine for the days when you went on six month submarine trips, Will. Mm. I, that. I, could, I could use a freaking submarine right now. I think we all could. You know, there's probably some people in the country that are already in one. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you the ultra wealthy are all long gone. They're off to New Zealand right now. All right. Buy or or sell home-brewed coffee because I know that I've been making a lot of it lately. Uh, I used to go and get either a racetrack coffee or McDonald's or Starbucks, but I'm drinking a lot of home-brewed coffee. Buy or sell home-brewed coffee? I I mean, because I know Will's not a coffee guy, I'll handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 dude, that's, that's, 
that's super white suburban right there saying you never had homebrew coffee, dude. Um, I mean, I, I make a, I make a pot of coffee every morning because, you know, I, I want my kids to go to somewhere besides, uh, you know, <laughs> Auburn school, sheet metal and uh, taxes. Um, so I, I, you know, I like homebrew coffee. I, I'm not a, I, I mean, I, I'll go to Jittery Joe's sometimes and pick up a, a cup, but I'm, I'm a homebrew guy from way back. Yeah, my, I remember I don't drink coffee either, but my parents do. And I, they were like Folgers people from the get-go. I just remember those big metal cans being in my house all the time. Well, that's the best part of waking up. That's why it's Folgers in my cup. All right. We've, we've talked about it earlier, but uh, ESPN, the Ocho, uh, last weekend it was marble racing, which my kids could not get enough of. They recorded it and they've watched it twice already, uh, where they had a play-by-play with literal marble racing. Um, dodgeball, cherry pit spitting. Uh Buy or sell ESPN the Ocho. Buy, buy, buy. I loved it. We, we recorded every minute of that and are meting it out and watching it and everything. To me, my favorite two things were the axe throwing, not because the sport itself was that exciting because it wasn't, but more just like there was such love among the competitors. Like they were just all best friends and just cheering each other on. They would often choose shots that were, if they were ahead, they would choose shots that were more difficult so they would get a chance to their friend to come back, which is really kind of an amazing thing. Um, I like that. And I like the crazy, the death diving. The oh, death, yeah. yeah. That was amazing. Where it's just like, basically the point of the death diving is just to do something insane and then not, and didn't land uncomfortably. And <laughs> it was it was very amusing I to watch. Catch that. that was awesome. I did, I did. And I'm saving the the uh, there's the, also one of them was the electrician championships. Yes. And my father's an electrician, so he is. Su- so my my boys are saving that for they when they get to watch that with their papa. I'm sure he's gonna love that one. All right. Yeah. So, I'm, go I, ahead. Hold on. I'm all over. I'm all over the Ocho now. Um, you know, I anytime. Uh, anytime you give me a show where uh, where where a buddy of mine is doing the commentary, and that I'll, I'll I'll shout out Adam Kramer at Kegs and Eggs doing uh, the Golden Tee Championships. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. All right, uh, buy or sell. Anthony Edwards declared for the NBA, and he, uh, according to the website I looked at, he is the prohibitive. Number one pick. Do you buy or sell Anthony Edwards as the prohibitive number one pick? I guess it depends on who has the pick. I feel like I th- that I feel like Anthony Edwards is the number one pick because if put it this way, if Anthony Edwards were the had gone out last year, which obviously wouldn't, he's already too young to be in this year. But if 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 a player of his caliber had gone last year, he'd have gone fourth or fifth at best. I would still t- I personally would take RJ as a Knicks fan. I would take RJ Barrett over Anthony Edwards, uh, and I would obviously take Zion Williams and John Moran over Anthony Edwards. I think yeah. the fact that he would be number one this year speaks, I think, more to the problems with the class than necessarily uh, problems with uh, uh, that he is so particularly great. He is good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I don't. There's a lot of years where he would not be the number one pick. Uh, he may be this year, but I think it's because it's not a great class. What Will said. All right, buy or sell. Todd Gurley coming home to the Falcons. <laughs> I mean, look, he, we have we have you know, and I'm I'm not one of the one of these people, but you know, Scott, actually, you are. Uh, the Falcons don't have enough Georgia people, uh, players. Um, the Falcons have a need. 
They got Gurley relatively cheap for production. Yeah, there's injuries issues there, but it's a one-year contract. If he doesn't pan out, you move on. Uh, he's going to a team that has aspirations uh, out beyond merely making the playoffs. He he has shown that he has the talent to be able to carry a team running the football. I think it's a good move. Yeah, I, I agree. It, I liked how it was like a one-year with a one-year option or something. There's still some questions about his knee. You know, to be honest, I was probably a little bit more excited with the signing of Fowler, uh, I think former Florida Gator. Uh, for the defensive line, I think that that might end up making a bigger and better impact than even Todd Gurley, but we'll see. What I mean, if, if I, I'm not a Falcons fan, but if I were a Falcons fan, I would already have my Gurley jersey. I mean, for crying out loud. Well, they're changing I mean, uniforms. So. Whatever. Oh, sorry. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but like, like, whatever. Like, I mean, if Todd Gurley, I mean, you got a Gurley, come on. Yeah. And hey, they're not having to play any football games at Nayland Stadium, so his knee's probably fine. Hmm. All right, so indulge me here. Um, it's been a long week. It's been a long two weeks, and it's going to be another long four months. I'm just kidding. Wednesday <laughs> was a long week. <laughs> um, so I've got some screenshots that I'm going to pull up on the screen. Uh, there's There's been some uniform changes in the NFL, and so uh, oh, I've got a couple here that I want you to – either buy or sell and tell me if you can see these. Um, all right. So let me pull this up. If I can get my, uh, see, this is new, new stuff here. Hold on. Do you see what y'all are doing about not social distancing? You're giving Scott opportunity. All right. Actually put up stuff. Can you see this? The LA Rams changed their logo. Can you see the logo? Oh, I've seen it. You buy or sell that logo. I'm impressed that you're able to do this on zoom, man, by the way. (laughs) I think I'm more, that, impressed, yeah, I'm, more with, I'm more impressed with your Zoom skills than the logo. Okay. Okay. How about uh how about this one here? Uh the LA Chargers have also changed their their uh logo. Chargers looks fine. The LA Rams one looks like the hair of like every girlfriend I had in like the late nineties <laughs> and early aughts. Ooh. Yeah. Supposedly, That's a good point. Someone on Twitter brought up, uh, I think there's a school called it's San Angelo State, that it was oh, kind yeah. of a rip off of that. But. The Rachel. Yeah. Can I, so isn't there a way to make like your background in Zoom really crazy? Yeah. How do I do that? So well, you can't you're going to open up your app. My app's open. I got my app. I'm, I'm installed. Um, you go to preferences. Preferences. And, and then it, you go to virtual background. And you oh, know, I see. I am. It. I see I'm in Stegman Coliseum. Okay. Oh, Scott, stop! You're pandering to me. Okay. Okay. Come on. And I'm at the learning the Terry College of Business right here, flying over. Yeah. I took this photo. See, look, I took that photo at Corral Hall. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. I'm with you. I'm with you. Can you do it? Keep going. I'll do one eventually. All right. Uh, Okay. So one final uh, logo that I have uh, want you to look at before I get into some other logos. Um, This is just a screen grab, but Tampa is saying that they're going to change their logo, maybe back to the old Buccaneer. Uh, This looks like a combination of their old jerseys with their, with their new ones. I don't know, but I don't know. Buy or sell that with Tom Brady wearing it. Okay, sorry, I'm still done. Um, so, so, oh my god, 
Shocked. Shocked. I say there's gambling in the system. <laughs> I'm working on it. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm very much of the, uh, I'm very much of the Brady looks weird and he shouldn't do it. I understand why he's doing it, but it's weird. It's we weird. could do a whole podcast on, uh, I guess, old veterans that change teams like Joe Montana and a Chiefs jersey that just seem weird and don't go very well. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, well, someone brought up the picture of, uh, Patrick Ewing in a magic uniform being guarded by Akeem Olajuwon in a Raptors uniform. Oh my <laughs> God. That's, that's just wrong. All right. So um, I've got, all right. So the Falcons they're Oh, wow. Look at that. Will's got the <laughs> Illinois background. <laughs> I'm having fun now. So the Falcons are changing their uniforms and they haven't announced it yet, but I did find a website where they had five mock-ups of what it could be. And so, just kind of want to get y'all's opinion on what you think might be the best one. Here's one of them right here. Uh, looks like uh, this guy, Dean Worley, underscore Worley. I, I don't mind this. Yeah, that's old school. I like it. Yeah. Where's your Great. Is it? What do you think of uh, this one? That kind of looks more Atlanta United-esque. I'm sure this is very exciting for our listeners, by the way, who can't. That looks like the um, – The original? That looks like – that looks like the Birmingham uh, MLS um, kit. Yeah, so we're not doing a very good job of podcasting because we're actually looking at things. But this kind of has a lot of uh, Georgia Tech gold, red, and black in it. So I'm not a fan of that one. Then there's this one, which is it has no. the, it, it retains the the current logo, but it's metallic and futuristic. I don't like this one either. And then we've got this one, which is. I don't know. It's it's sleek and modern, as the guy says. Um, They're going to pl- they end up playing Shane Falco in the uh, American Conference Championship <laughs> before they go and play the New York Generals. I've discovered they reverse your picture, by the way, on this when you put this in your background. Oh, that's your boys. There's a button you can push. Is there okay? Anyway, I would so. come over and help, kind of tutor you on it, but I can't. No, I understand. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Oh, check this out. I've got another camera angle, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Scott has been waiting for an hour to show you that. It's amazing. Yeah, I've had some time on my hand. What about your other hand? Oh, damn. Dude, come on. Applause. All right, Tony, say something like that, uh, that uh, that an Auburn bro would say. I hope Tommy Tuberville wins. Sorry. Okay. Enough like of that. It. Enough fun and games. Um, okay. So that does it for buy or sell. Um, thanks for uh, indulging me on all of that fun. Uh, we'll do more <laughs> later at another podcast date. Um, but I guess, does that kind of end? Do we want to kind of give some final thoughts on everything? I know it went heavy and then it got lighthearted, which I think we needed. I feel better after doing this. Uh, you know, just to be being being honest here. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I definitely need to talk with y'all. Um, you know, I I had a great interview with Tommy Tomlinson last week. Uh, that was great. I love that tone. Yeah, tone. yeah I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. He's a he's a great guy, um, and he is he's a really smart guy uh, and a great Georgia fan. I hope to have Brett Balkum, who is the director of athletic bands, director of the Redcoats. Uh, I hope to have him coming up soon. He and I have traded some messages. Uh, but, you know, 
guys, one of the reasons we don't do this in the spring is because there's not that much to talk about and all three of us are busy in hell with baseball and softball and other things. That's not much of an excuse right now. Um, you know, to the extent we can, I'd like to do this on, on the reg because uh, I have to admit, uh, this uh, sitting here at 935 on a Wednesday night, I assume it's Wednesday, I don't know. Uh, on a Wednesday night, it's uh, it's about as yeah, right. It's about as uh, on day. It's about as regular as I felt in in a week and a half. Yeah, I think I think we all kind of agree. I think this is. I know I went in a rant earlier, and I cannot. I back up that rant in every possible way. Please stay the bleep inside. Please, it's the only way we're going to get through this. It's literally the only way that we get football back. Stay inside, but. Um, talking to you guys has helped. Uh, we're all, everyone's going a little stir crazy. And, uh, uh, even someone than me that works at home all the time and has been doing so for more than a decade. Um, it, uh, it's good to, it's good to chat with everybody. So uh, I was wondering why every time I'm sitting here working, I get like a zoom thing from Scott being like, show me, what are you doing? Live video, live video. What are you doing? Live video. And I'm like, I'm not wearing any pants. Scott, like, don't, don't, don't do this. But uh, I'm glad to now have the opportunity to uh, to show that I am in fact wearing pants. Sure you are. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry. I've, yeah, I've got a new thing. You definitely have too much time on your hands. I got to get that new camera. I got like a fancy camera over there. I got like my camera is not so fancy. Like I got to get like a fancy camera, like you do. Yeah, you could probably order one at Best Buy and you can pick it up. I think Best Buy is literally you order stuff and then they leave it there and you come and pick it up. So I have to say, I've, we have ordered from Amazon during this time. Oh, this is something I wanted to do before we left, by the way. Um, if you are in the Athens or Oconee area, um, you should be supporting your local restaurants uh, during yes. this time. And uh, that is a very important thing to do. One of the things that we're doing uh, because to be honest with you, I think places that are open now might not be allowed to be open in a couple of weeks. So every time that we order from someone, the national is doing this. Some of the places in five points are shut down, but the national is still open. And by open, it means it's curbside service and you can, you can order online. Uh, not only are we uh, ordering stuff from them, we are buying gift certificates, uh, uh, for because they need that money now, and then when they come back, I will happily use it. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the many things that I love about living in Athens is uh, all of the interesting and fascinating. And uh, uh, we, you want small business and entrepreneurs. Uh, local restaurants are uh, those are the people you got to support. And so I cannot encourage everyone enough. Uh, to go out and support your local uh, restaurants around here. Uh, nobody needs it uh, right now more than they do. And uh, we're, we're, we talk about things getting back to normal. Um, Athens will not be back to normal if it doesn't have a lot of the great restaurants that it has. So uh, I can't recommend enough. Uh, find the places where you can get curbside. We're getting curbside service from a lot of places, from National, from Europe High. Uh, you know, we are, we're, we're, we're doing that, uh, supporting local here. You got to do that because, uh, they need you more than ever. Yeah. I got a, um, email from the Athens area chamber of commerce today with the, it was a Google doc full of all of the Athens restaurants listed. And you can kind of look to the, the right of it and it lists what times they're open, where you pick it up, 
you know, who your contact person is, I will link it in the show notes of this episode. So anybody can click on that and, uh, and access it that, that way. And then also I'd been wondering what kind of uh, nonprofits maybe I could donate to. Um, there isn't really like a COVID-19 Athens chapter yet. There isn't. I've looked, I've looked, I've thought the same thing. There is one of the, one of the best, um, nonprofits that my wife contributes to every year. And I'm going to, uh, try to do a couple things with is, uh, the get comfortable campaign. Uh, it's kind of run by creature comforts, uh, brewery. And it, the cool thing about it, they, you know, benefit places like the Athens council advanced council on aging, uh, they're community centered, they're data driven and they're advisor directed. And Matt Stevens runs it. He's a good friend of mine. Um, salt of the earth kind of guy. And, uh, so if you were looking like feeling like, gosh, I just want to do something. You see all these people, um, you know, making thing, making PPE for, for hospitals and everything. The get comfortable campaign is a great place to start. And then one other thing I'd like to mention, I read an article on online Athens about community clothing here in Athens. They have their sewing machines going. They're making personal protective equipment for the doctors. They're trying to do what they can. I love hearing that and reading about that about my community. Um, it, it literally gives me chill bumps. While I've got, while I've got uh, uh, the Giving Kitchen is a great place to give. Yes. If you get the opportunity, the Giving Kitchen is a wonderful place to go. Also, uh, Hendershot. Hendershot has their own kind of GoFundMe that's supporting not just them, but many other uh, air places in the, in the, in the area. But uh, I, w- I, I would say starting out, I think the Giving Kitchen is maybe the way to go. And um, one other thing that I wanted to share, you know, in a past life, back prior to 2015, prior to starting this podcast, I worked as a medical device rep meaning I was in the operating room with physicians. I was at all of the local hospitals, St. Mary's, Athens Regional. My primary hospital that I covered was Gwinnett Medical Center. I'm still in touch with one of my um, orthopedic surgeons that I worked with. Uh, I I won't say his name, but he's working at Gwinnett Medical Center, and I've seen him posting on Facebook lately about basically uh, more of an emphasis on some of the things we're saying right now, and he's a most definitely speaking to uh, making sure that you're careful so the doctor doctors can do their job. And in fact, he put a funny meme up. He was like, stay inside or you're going to have an orthopedic surgeon treating your pneumonia <laughs> yeah, <kind> of, <laughs> because he's an orthopedic surgeon, but he's in the, he's in the firing line. He's on, he's the first wave of that hospital. And so I sent him a, a Facebook message last night um, I just wanted to tell him that I appreciate him sharing all this stuff online. I said, I appreciate all of your posts. They're very informative. Please take care of yourself and your patients. All my best. And I woke up this morning and I had a response. I hadn't really spoken with them much lately. And he, he said just this simple thing. And he's a, he's not the type of person to just say this. He says, thanks, man. I love you. I miss you. And it's, it's getting real for the doctors, um, especially the ones in the hospital. So just understand that they are doing what they've trained to do. Um, a guy like uh, this guy's an orthopedic surgeon. He's ready to, to go in and save your life if you need it. Um, it it's heavy times right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, pray whatever you want to do. Stay inside, pray, and uh, just, you know, 
be a good citizen. Agreed. All right, eventually we're going to get to talk about football stuff. Yeah. Uh, that'll be fun when that happens. Yeah. Um, but for now, hey, stay safe, guys. Be careful. Everyone hang in. And uh, you know what? We're all start crazy. We'll probably do this again earlier rather than later. Thanks for, guys, th- honestly, thank you both for letting me do this. It was good to talk to both. I'm with you. It's, uh, it's been cathartic and uh, it's been cathartic and awesome. All right. Well, okay. In that case, I think we're all together on this one. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in probably a week or so to try this all again. But in the meantime, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search WSLS podcast on whatever platform you're in and you're sure to find us. All of the links to the Athens restaurants we mentioned and the Get Comfortable nonprofit will be linked in the show notes of this episode. And yeah, stay safe out there. Be good to your fellow man, woman, and child. And we'll get through this so we can safely see y'all on campus sometime very soon. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.